Hey everyone, this is GRE Bytes. My name is Davis, an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. We're here once again to bring you your weekly bite-sized episode relating to GRE prep and grad school admissions. Please don't forget, check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com and use the code BITES for 10% off all memberships. All right, let's get into today's topic, which is uh, contrary to what we've talked about a lot, which is about time management, a game of seconds, not having enough time, I wanted to acknowledge also that there's an experience some people have where they get to the end of a section and maybe they have a minute or so or two minutes even uh, kind of left. What should a person do? Or even in the writing section, what should a person do if they feel like they have too much time in any given section of the GRE? It's a great question. You're right. It's a, it's a good problem to have. Most people have the opposite problem. They don't have enough time. I would say that if you're finishing a verbal or a quant section and you have one or two minutes left, congratulations. That's actually exactly where you want to be. If you're finishing with about a minute left, it means that you paced yourself absolutely correctly. With a minute left, you're no longer rushing at the last second to answer that last question or two. And you also probably didn't sprint through the section, which likely increased your careless error rate. So when we talk about having too much time, I'm not thinking about a minute or two. That's actually a really good problem to have. That's not a problem at all, actually. What I'm talking about is that sometimes there's some hot shots out there and they finish with 10 or even 15 minutes left on the clock. It is possible. Like I've gotten perfect scores on the test in half the available time. And some people are just very, very confident in one or the other section of the test and they just plow through. So what to do under those circumstances? Well, until you're getting a perfect score on those sections consistently, it makes sense to me to take as much of the available time as possible to ensure that you are not making any careless errors. I mean, if you're a hotshot and you can finish these sections in half the time, you're probably scoring in the high 160s but you may not yet be getting a perfect score. Why go through all of this prep? Why schedule a four-hour test that costs you hundreds of dollars just to get out of the test 10 minutes earlier than you otherwise would? To my mind, use those extra 10 minutes to give yourself every possible chance of getting the highest possible score that you can, namely a perfect score. Thanks for clarifying that. That makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, a, a, a com... A, a, understandable reaction to feeling like there's not enough time. This is a game. This is a game where I have to like really, you know, the, the, the test is a game where I have to really uh, just go as fast as I can while doing as being as accurate as I can. Um, you, you mentioned the word paced earlier. If you're pacing yourself well and you get through and you have a minute or so at the end, that's not too much time. So you don't, it's not necessary in other words, to feel rushed in every section to be able to get a perfect score. Absolutely. I talk about this in the program. You should never feel rushed when you're taking the GRE. If you know your strategies, if you have your system down, you should never feel rushed, but you should also never hesitate. So there's this balance of like perfect poise and response at every step of every problem that if you're in that sweet spot, if you're in on the razor's edge of the present moment, you will never feel like you don't have enough time because you'll consistently come in right under the time limit at about a minute or two if you follow the strategies that I lay out in the manual. 
So what I suggest doing is if you are in the mid to high 160s, almost certainly the reason why you're not yet at a perfect score is because of your own carelessness. So you have to understand that you want, you get the material, you understand the vocab, you're, you're fine with the math. In fact, you are the primary source of error at that point. On some level, you are your own worst enemy. You know how to do all the questions. So if you're going to get a question wrong, it's because you're going to miss something silly. You're going to miss a negative sign. You're going to transcribe a number incorrectly. You're going to miss a small but un, uh, a small but important word in the question. And if developing fail safes, if going through questions a little bit more slowly and more carefully reduces one out of a hundred careless errors, well, that could be the difference between getting a one sixty-seven and a one seventy. And I think that's t- ten minutes well spent in the context of your total test prep experience. Awesome. So rather than approaching the test with a strategy of go as fast as I can, get through the section as fast as I can. And if I have time, you know, go back and double check. That's a much poorer strategy than pacing oneself and trying to arrive at the end of each section with a comfortable one to two minutes to just kind of relax. Also, I want to, uh, kind of point out too, as I remember that on writing sections, for example, uh, word count is huge. The higher the word count, you know, so, so those, that time, the better. So that the, the time spent there just continue and use up the whole time. Yeah. When I used to teach my class, I would make this tongue in cheek flow chart on the board. When somebody asks, what should I do if I have more time on the writing section? And the flow chart was like, if, if there is more time, do I have more time? Yes. And there's just one arrow and it goes to write more. There's absolutely no reason why you wouldn't benefit from a higher total word count on the essay. So if you finished your well-crafted thesis based five paragraph essay in 20 minutes and you have 10 minutes left over, great. You're just going to be adding some copy for the next 10 minutes and you can increase your total word count by potentially 50%. And on the writing section, you can always add fluff before your intro and after your outro. So you can leave your core five paragraph essay intact and you can just add greater contextualizing content both before and after you actually get into the response proper. Does that make sense? No, yeah, that make that makes a lot of sense for the for the writing section. Also, um this gets into the question of, you know, like um verbal sections where you're reading you know, how much time do you want to take on reading? Do you want to like skim through that or is that is there a time to really just take the time to read the whole thing? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's hard to know. As you'll recall, we always skip around in the verbal section by question type. So we would take care of all of the vocab-based questions first, and there's going to be 10 of them. It's going to be about half the section. Once you're done with that, you'll know exactly how many questions you have left across how many different passages and exactly how much time. So at that stage, you can do some quick calculations that say, okay, I have three passages to read for a total of nine reading comp questions, and I have 18 minutes left. So I can roughly, I can spend about six minutes per bundle, which means I, I can spend three minutes or so reading this passage. You can do some real fast back of the napkin calculations that way. 
because that will help you to determine how closely you're, you get to read the passages. Obviously, less time, you have to accommodate to that reality and read the passages a little bit more casually. And that's okay, because remember, most of the passage is going to be completely irrelevant to any of the questions you're subsequently asked. If you feel like you have to understand the passage, that's actually your anxiety talking. You don't. You have to understand it on a gist level for passage as a whole problems, and you need to be familiar enough with the passage that you'll know where to go back to read for detail based on the questions you're subsequently asked. So you do get a second pass at certain parts of the passage. You don't have to understand it. No, that helps a lot. So just to recap, remember there's, you know, use your time wisely, pace yourself, no need to rush, uh, but, but, and no, but also don't hesitate. So, um, Thanks everybody for tuning in to today's episode. We'll be back next week with another bite-sized episode for GRE Bytes. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss, please let us know. Send us an email, stellargre at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to get in some of the strategies talked about today for yourself or you feel like they'd be helpful on your endeavors with the GRE, check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com. You can use the code BITES for 10% off all membership. See you guys again.